who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Happy hump day, guys. We are back uh, for another week of Awkward Sex in the City. Um, this episode, again, like if you haven't noticed the trend, but uh, we do talk about COVID a lot more. Um, and at first I wasn't sure if I wanted to include COVID in the podcast, like if I should just keep it more sex related. But everyone right now that I have been interviewing lives in New York City and it's it's just really affected everyone psychologically and emotionally in a way that um, I like that this gives them an outlet to kind of just kind of scream into the void a little bit to air their grievances because while people live with their partners or live with their roommates or whatnot or they might be living alone uh, like Sam lives alone um, it's nice to have like another voice another opinion and whatnot Um, especially if you don't have a therapist I think everyone I've talked to so far does have a therapist. But again, if you are looking to get a therapist, it's actually like a really good time. There's a lot of free resources out right now for therapy. And I I love therapy. I have my, it's Monday right now, though you're hearing this on Wednesday. And in two hours, I'm going to be talking to my therapist very soon, whom I love. And I think also might have OCD too. So I love just getting to like shoot the shit with her being like, so what are you doing this time? How many times did you wash your hands? Um, but that's another topic for another time. But again, this is just a very long-winded way for me to say that we do talk about COVID a lot in this episode and where we're going with it. Like, like Brittany has Crohn's and so she has to be extra careful because that means her immunity is immunity. Immune system is compromised. Um, and it was a very nice weekend in New York City, like very nice so a lot of people went outside and we talk about that, like how we feel about that and things like that. We do talk about sex. We talk about um, the evolving nature of our industry, which is performing arts. 
we talk about ourselves, like what's going on with ourselves right now. Um, I don't know why I'm, I'm like almost blanking a little bit of like what we're talking about, even though we just literally talked. Um, I hope you enjoy. I love talking to Brittany. Brittany always makes me feel better. Uh, she's like, uh, she's like the the human version of the sun. Just a lot of great energy, a lot of positive outlooks and like realistic outlooks. And she is actually, I think I she's done the podcast before. She is my first friend that I made in New York City. Um, so my longest friend. And I haven't seen her in a long time, which sucks. And I am very looking forward to one day getting to see her again. But just getting to like grow in the city with her was cool. Like as we were both nannies for, we nannied for, um, uh, for different families in the same building. But the kids were friends and like that's how we met. We met like on a play date, like one of the most New York ways to meet someone, which is what I love about the city. And we talk about how much we miss the city um, too. This might be my longest intro and that's okay. I just hope you enjoy. And if you're bored at your house during your stay in place, your New York pause, whatever, if your city or state is slowly opening up and you're like, no, stay inside. If you can, if you have the privilege to stay inside, stay inside. Uh, I don't like all the states opening up, but that's another thing for another day, probably the next podcast. But feel free to like, subscribe, email. I love getting emails from you guys. It's so cool. It's really, um, it's really helped me to know that you guys feel connected through this and through to me. That like this really is a very, like I've said it before, it's a very humbling experience, and I'm very, very grateful for it. Especially now when we are finding so many new ways to reach out and connect with people and I'm really glad that I connect with you guys and you connect with me I don't know if you could hear that but there was a burp where at the very end of that uh this is more for you Caitlin you could totally edit this out but I was just like can't believe I burped at the very end of that very sweet sense that I said Yeah. Okay. So real quick, where, like, where are you right now? Are you in Brooklyn? Are you in Queens? I am in Queens. Yeah. I'm in Long Island city, right on the cusp of Sunnyside. So, uh, just off the seven train, which I haven't been on in two months. It's been, I don't even remember what quarantine day, maybe 56, 55. It's some crazy shit like that. But yes, I'm still in the epicenter. Oh God. How like how does that feel? Because I feel like it's got to be so scary to be in Queens right now. It is. I haven't left the house in a month. Um, I I'm also um, immunocompromised because I have Crohn's disease. And while I'm knock on wood, I have been fine this whole time. Mm-hmm. But I have crippling anxiety. And mm-hmm. once we figured out like a delivery system of our groceries, um, and that you know it doesn't happen all the time when we do it. I just decided I don't want to go outside anymore. And there was a there was part of me that felt like, you know what, this is going to be okay. I'm an I can be an introvert when I'm not extra. <laughs> and being a, <laughs> being a homebody is so lovely. Um, but I yeah, I think it's just my anxiety keeping me from going out specifically because when they created, I think it was the New York Times dropped an article last month where they showed you a map of like you know, the red zone, the green zone, the yellow zone, all the places in Manhattan and the boroughs that have been affected or have tested positive. And Mm -hmm. a town about 10, 15 minutes uh, east of me is a red zone. Um, And so that made my anxiety just like 
skyrocket even more. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not going outside. I am very fortunate, though. And we're on the fifth floor of a six floor building. And we have a fire escape that leads out to a roof. So I am able to enjoy some beautiful rooftop stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Outside of that, I just don't leave the house anymore. And some people think it's crazy. But for me, I'm like, I can be a fucking bubble boy. If I need to stay indoors to protect my own health, I don't trust anybody out there. I even tried going for night walks. I couldn't do it. People like people just stress me the fuck out seeing them not protected. And then I tried doing, you know, don't judge someone. You don't know if they're capable of receiving things like that, you know, able to get their hands on masks or make one themselves. Like I'm trying really hard not to judge other people. It's just fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I I have a habit of like rear uh rear what is it rear window uh ing? Yeah. Was that the movie? Uh yeah. Um and I <laughs> I can't remember. And I'll just like sit. It's like, I'm like looking at the chair right now. Like I'll sit in the chair and like look outside and I'll like, I'll like count who's like wearing masks. And I, it's probably only like 60%. Wow. Of people. And it's a lot. I, I've, I'm in Prospect Heights and I've noticed there's a lot of white dudes mm. not wearing their masks. Like they'll wear it like around their neck uh-huh. and then whoever they're next, next to is like wearing their mask. And I'm just like, y'all suck. Like people are immunocompromised people like can't get a hold of them people have to go to work because they're essential yes um and i don't want to get on my moral high ground but i'm just like it's i've always known there's like two different americas but working like being like an essential employee through this has like been like eye-opening and game-changing of like how shitty uh we really treat people in america like it's and so i'm just like i can't like it's sickening it's sickening i I live like probably like five blocks away from Prospect Park in our new apartment. And just like, you just like watch everyone just going with like their table, not their table tennis, their little like tennis rackets, their, their mats, their gloves, everything like to go hang out. And I'm just like, it's not okay. Like, it's not okay. I don't get it. I, you, it was actually something you posted the other day that I was just like, I will stand on this soapbox with Natalie. When you were talking about how it's their privilege showing that they aren't able, they're able to stay indoors when it pleases them, but they can turn the eye when they, you know, the, it breaks out 75 and sunny. Well, it's park weather and I feel fine. So I'm going to like sit in a socially distanced manner from everyone else. But the problem is there are how many fucking people doing that? And so then you look at Sheep's Meadow yeah. the other day, packed, packed. And I'm sorry, it is. It's privilege. It is privilege that you are able to say, I'm here to protect everyone and I'll stay at home, but I still want to enjoy the springtime. So I'm going to go out and enjoy it. It doesn't work. No, that exactly. Way. And it's also like, um, I, I was inspired by Julio Torres, but he posted about it and he was just like, he's like, it sucks, but like, if we keep doing this, we won't have a summer because I think we can have a summer. No. But if people keep doing shit like this, then we can't. No. And I think what people are also forgetting or they're in denial about it because they're not personally affected Mm -hmm. by it yet. And that's, I think, the biggest issue right now is our our country specifically, especially middle America, have watched, you know, these big metropolis areas be affected, have things shut down. And then they say, well, I'm not affected by it. So everything is normal. I wish people could understand that number one, nothing is normal about this. Even if it looks like it's a bright, shiny day outside and you feel normal, it is not. Number two, pay attention to history. What happened in 1917 to 1918, right? There was a second wave of that influenza 
And the second wave was the deadliest, deadlier than the first. So I, as much as it scares me, and I lived in that fear a couple months ago of like, what will this turn into if people don't abide by the rules and regulations? We're going to find out. It, it's it's just inevitable. There will be a second wave around yeah. the fall. And, and, you know, I'm getting this information from people in the medical industry, medical professionals, fucking scientists are telling people it will get worse by the fall because it's flu and cold season. So consider it now flu and cold and COVID-19 season for the rest of time. And none of this will be manageable until we find a vaccine, which we're still about a year out from receiving. So it's, I feel like we're in it for the long haul. And the more we keep trying to push the limits of freedom, like I need, you know, to go sit out in the park, I need to get my hair done. It's like, okay, Karen, well, your roots can fucking wait just a little bit longer if that means we all get out of this. It's like being in kindergarten. One kid gets punished. It feels like we all have to, you know, be put in timeout till that kid figures it out. Like, I fucking hate this country right now. <laughs> and like, also, fuck you, Karen. Like, are you that bad at like doing things? Like, I dye my hair myself, have been since I was 14. Like, it's not that fucking hard. No, girl. They have boxes just for your roots. Like, That's it's not right. that hard. I will... <laughs> I love you so much. I will say <laughs> after spending a stint of time in a hair salon and hearing the stylist talk about like people want to cut their own hair fine. But if you pay a shit ton of money to get your hair colored, don't go for the box. So I say let's all stand in solidarity with our fucking grays and our outgrown roots. Like who cares? That's true. <laughs> I forgot you you were at that place was so cool too. But it was like it sucked, right? Like you hated working there. Oh God. The owner was the biggest piece of shit and constantly had penis breath because he was given some of the people that work their blowjobs. But that's another story for another time. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am, speaking of hair dye, I just bought three. Have you heard of Lime Crime? Yeah, I've heard of them. I just got three. It's The color is called like lipstick, but it's not red. Ooh. It's like more like hot pink. See, and, you can do it, though, because you already have the striking comic book hair color. I used to have mm -hmm. that for a while. And you can absolutely get away with box dye. Yeah, I have, I'm very fortunate. I've been able to... When I tried to do blonde box dye, it, like, when I was 14 and wanted to, like, look like everyone else, like, it was awful. <laughs> oh, like, it was no. so bad. But, like, yeah, red dye, red box dye, if you find your color, like, you can totally do it. And I was like, well, fuck it, let's give it a try, like... I'm very, uh, I'm very, like, I have my list now. It's like, uh, when this is done, like, I'm finally getting a tattoo. Like, I'm finally learning how to surf. I'm not, like, waiting anymore because oh, yeah. it costs too much or, like, I think I'm too old. That's been nice. It's been nice to, like, re-find myself again. Because I definitely was um, putting a lot of weight on the fact that, like, I still worked retail in my 30s or that, like, I wasn't far enough in my career. And so having us all kind of lose our identity because we put it all in our jobs. Amen, was, sis. It's been scary, but it's also been, like, refreshing of, like, oh, I really love to read and I yeah. really love this and this. And it doesn't have to be uh, something that's, like, I can monetize on. It can just be, like, a part of me. That's right. Amen, sis. I think it is such a such an interesting thing. It's obscure, but it's interesting in the fact that every single person, no matter if you're lower class, middle class, upper class, for the most part, we're all going through the same wave of emotion every day. Mm -hmm. I obviously feel like the people who are 
rich living in these gorgeous celebrity houses have it obviously easier than most. And even the middle class people who have the privilege of getting groceries delivered and, you know, the luxury of staying at home and not having to leave where the lower class, they don't have that opportunity. The one common thing thread that we all have, though, is this feeling of we're here. There's nothing we can do but work on ourselves. And hopefully that will somehow make our country better and whole because we're able to just sit here in the now and do nothing for those who are doing nothing, you know. But yeah. when I talk when I talk to my friends, we, you know, we do the whole, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? And across the board, it's the same. Everyone just does the, you know, and even when I see a friend trying to show like some enthusiasm of I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. There's still like this underlying tone of I'm really fucking depressed and life sucks and I'm unmotivated to do anything. And that alone is comforting to me to know mm-hmm. I can't sit over here and be like, oh my God, I'm the only one who feels so sad. I'm the only one who doesn't have a job. It's like, no, actually a fuck ton of us lost jobs. So sit in that and yeah. deal with it, you know? There, uh, there is like a really good meme I saw the other day that was like, uh, like not being able to graduate, not knowing where your next job's coming from, not being able to plan the future. While it's more abstract, it's still loss. And so yeah. it is. It's this communal grief. And so we're all seeing how we grieve. And some people, like, it sounds like you and me are both the same, where, like, we don't want to do shit when we're, like, really, like, grieving and depressed. And people, what is it? It's, like, underperforming and, like, overperforming. And so oh, some yeah. people just, like, are in it. Um like yeah. I like I have no I have no desire to do awkward sex as a Zoom show. And I know it could make money and I know it could be a good thing for people, but like I'm just like it's not I right now it's on the cards for awkward sex. It's not it's not how I saw my baby and I'm not sure I'm ready to change no. with it yet. And you have to respect that. I think it's just respectful that you honor that for yourself because to be forced into something because you're in a quarantine is ridiculous. I do have to say the memes coming out for 2020 are on fucking fire. They are so Mm -hmm. good. And I've never looked to memes to relate or be like, hell yeah, I feel that so intently. I look at these memes now and I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking truth right there. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. it just something as simple as (laughs) there was a meme I posted the other day that talked about. Well, if it wasn't for quarantine and COVID-19, none of, us, none of us would really know who our governor is. And it's yeah. true. It, it took a pandemic for people to go, oh, yeah, that guy runs my state. He's in charge of what we do. Oh, I get it. Okay. So, like, that's a positive thing about fucking <laughs> COVID-19 <laughs> is people now know their governors. <laughs> I yeah, I've also learned that I'm never gonna say in New Year's during New Year's like the next year is my year. Oh, I no. definitely did I, that for 2020. I was like, this no. is my year. I can feel it. And then I was like, no, I'm never doing that again. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of memes about that. Yeah, it, it's I ended that that many years ago. I was like, no, it, I'm gonna treat Jan one like it's any other day. I don't care anymore. Like putting so much pressure on yourself to you know to say like these are. It's one thing to have goals, but it's another to be like this will be my year. I'm going uh-huh. to make shit happen. And then when things don't happen, you beat yourself up and you're like, well, what the fuck? And really, it's not you. It's the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're out of control of that. Like we, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to stay motivated. I feel, and I'm sure you are like this too, because we're in the same industry. It's performing arts. It's being a creative. 
And I have always been very driven, very inspired. I always have something manifesting and Mm -hmm. I just don't right now. And I think a lot of that is the uncertainty of what our industry will look like in the coming months. And it, at least for mine, mine is completely gone. Like Broadway, I don't even think it will be the very last thing to return. Um, but it's hard for me to stay hopeful and still try to create something new for that world again when it does reopen. Because I'm thinking to myself, is it a die? It has always been a dying art, Broadway and live theater. Um, I should say Broadway specifically has been a dying art because no one can afford it anymore. Yeah. So how are we gonna how are we gonna bounce back? Even when we're allowed to gather in crowds of, let's say, 500 plus, number one, no one is going to sit in a theater that's packed with almost 2,000 people. Number two, who has the money to go see a show after a major economic crash like we had? People were already unable to afford Broadway tickets, and I'm speaking specifically about Broadway. Now, I'm just so pessimistic, and that's it makes me sad because I want to be hopeful that we will rise again. And it's just intermission as people are saying right now, but I'm looking at it realistically. I'm like, y'all shit is going down. I just don't know when we're going to pop back to normalcy, Broadway speaking. Yeah, no. And I feel the same way for like live comedy. I read an article, uh, fuck, I think it was in New York times. And the scientist was like, we are in the second inning of this pandemic. Mm. We are in the second inning, like, like the bottom of the second, we have a long way to go. I also was, like, super depressed at first about being, like... Because, like, for me, personally, this year, like, we were selling out venues that we've never sold out before, back-to-back. We had, like, five... You were crushing it, babe. Yeah, and I was, like, this is... I was, like, fuck, like, this is the year. Like, this is the year that, like, I walk away from retail and, like, art is, like, fully how I make my money. And so that was, like, crushing and, like, very depressing at first. But, like, you're right. Like, the... We were in D.C. and we had like about 500 people come see us. Who's going to come to a show with 500 people packed like that again? And I honestly don't think like live comedy and Broadway and like a lot of these like music and like things like that. Like, I don't think we're going to get to really see that again until like maybe like a year or two down the road. I, I really don't. I really I'm I'm with you, too. And I'm, you want to think it's negativity, but it's you're being realistic. Yeah, it's trying to like realistically not plan out but like see what's gonna happen and and I don't want to get my heart broken again I guess like Same. Yeah. I do th- I I wonder for Broadway if what will happen is that ticket sales or ticket prices will go down dramatically yeah and I wonder the, the same thing for college if the like, problem will go down. for sure I think the problem with that though will just be um, the cost of a show. Oh, to like the back end. Yeah, in comparison to you know mm. our average ticket price, that's the biggest concern. Is whatever your ATP is for your show has to align with um, your recoupment plan, and whatever the costs are of the show, you want to make sure you get all that money back. So you set an average ticket price for you know X amount of time for a calendar year, and say like if we. This will be our our end goal. We'll reach this point of recruitment, so on and so forth. Um, and I fear that obviously, if you make any um, ticket cheap, you're never going to reach recruitment level. It'll take forever mm-hmm. unless you're on a, str- a shoestring budget, which is not Broadway because everything you know costs millions of dollars now. Um, but yeah, it's really it is. Good point. It's, 
it's it's I'm I it's it's like watching a game, right? Like what's going to happen? Who's going to strike out? Is, are we going to get an RBI? Like what the fuck? And I just have to accept right now that my industry is a goner for the moment. And um, I have been furloughed, but there are plenty of people uh, with my company and other uh, production companies who are still working and fighting very hard to find a solution of how we will bounce back. And I can only imagine the frustration from the team of like trying to create something, but also feeling helpless at the same time, right? Like how do you stay motivated and hopeful for the future when it's still like when you're in the thick of it and it's just absolute shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I applaud those people that can handle it mentally. I don't think I could handle it mentally. Mm -mm. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause the things that would allow me to handle things mentally have been taken away from me. That's right. Like, if I can't do creative stuff, I do producing stuff, but I can't produce now because there are no shows to produce or to book. Like, even if you're trying to book in the, like, at the end of the year, like, no one knows uh, what venues will be around. Like, no mm. one knows who's gonna, who's gonna make it. Amen, sis. I feel just like you about how, you you know, the trajectory of your career was really just like skyrocketing. I was in the same boat, too. Like, I was supposed to go work in London again for eight weeks in uh, the spring. I'm so, I was supposed to be there now. I know it's so funny saying this stuff out loud because you're like, what the fuck did I do wrong? And then you have obviously remember like, you didn't do shit wrong. A virus happened and closed down the whole world. Um, so I think it's like for people like us finding new outlets of what we can do. I'm learning how to be a goddamn DJ because oh, nice. I will tell you there is, <laughs> while there is a huge market and it's a bunch of kids, uh, with rich parents who can afford them to be DJs spinning tracks and whatever. I feel like there's such a good market for that. Even online right now, like virtual dance parties, throw your Venmo handle out, whatever it is. But I am going as far as learning how to fucking DJ to find a new career, perhaps, in case something doesn't I love happen. It. I love it. <laughs> I will it, go to that dance party. Let me know when you're doing it. Oh, 100% you'll be invited. I have to admit, it's very hard. I thought it would be something simple, like just turning a bunch of buttons and pressing things. And it's an art form. I have to give these, you know what I call the Trustafarian kids, these trust fund babies who wake up and they're like, I'm going to be a DJ. Like, okay, bitch. And, you know, obviously I did the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to be a DJ. <laughs> and now I get it. I'm like, yo, this shit is fire. It's so much fun. Oh, that's so good. I love this. I love this. I love this new, this new path. Like, that's what's cool is like, people are like, well, let's, what else is out there? Like, let's try some new stuff. And that's been really cool to see people find like things like that. A hundred percent. Now I need to know, Besides when we're not stressed about work, what are you doing in your fun time when you're home? Because you're with your we're boyfriend too, right? I am. So yeah, me and Aaron are together. We've lived together. Um, this will be our fourth year living together. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Um, we, again, there's a lot of TV. We watch a lot of TV together. Um, I, it, we've been like silly. Like I think we've been sillier, which has been fun. Um like it's, I've, I feel like I'm very lucky to like get to be with someone that I like throughout all of this. Um, how about you? Cause you're with your partner, right? Yeah. It, it was crazy too. Cause we weren't living with each other until the pandemic. And then we're like, let's be together. Um, and I'm also very grateful for it. Um, there is something special when you have a, a bond with someone and you're able to, 
uh, tolerate each other for a very long time, 24 hours a day for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Have you, have you gotten like a lot of questions? Like, um, everyone has been like, are you guys okay? Like, do you guys hate each other yet? And it's like, no, like we like each other. Like we have fun. We have fights for sure. Cause I have OCD. So I've had like freakouts where like my anxiety got too, too much one day where I was like, I like to grocery shop when it rains because less people come into the store. Very smart. Um, and there was one day where it was like only cloudy, but like it might rain the next day. And I was like, what do we do? I was like, which day do we go? And he's like, you have to stop. You have to make a fucking decision. And that's when I realized like, oh, this is my fucking OCD. Like the idea that like one day is better than the other. Like what choice I make is going to make us either deadly sick or not. Um, like that's the only time, like, yeah, like that's the only time like we argue. It's been very seamless. Um, so that's been nice. But I love, I love all the olds being like, but do you hate each other yet? You got to hate each other by now. It's like, no. no. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think um, Shannon and I are very blessed too, to uh, really enjoy each other's companies. I mean, I mean, look, we definitely have had some arguments. Um, I think the first argument we had was over a Milano cookie. And that <laughs> was pretty intense only because. It was so stupid. It was just one of those fights where it was like, are we really fucking arguing over Milano cookie? But it had it had to happen that way because we had been so good leading up to it. But uh-huh. we also were cooped in the house at that point, I think, for like two weeks. Didn't go outside, didn't do anything. And so I think we're really blessed to have this partnership of we can argue. It's healthy to argue, but we're able to bounce back from it. Or at least learn, like, you know, these are my triggers. For I'm the same with you in terms of OCD. Um, mm-hmm. Poor Shannon has to deal with it all the time where I'm con- like any, he has a, a drum studio five blocks from our apartment and it's in a, um, uh, it's like a, a storage unit in a garage. So nobody's there. Nobody's touching. It. You know what I mean? It's probably the only safe place he can go and I'm not going to have a freak out. But literally, as he's leaving and always coming back, I'm like, don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Wash your hands before touching your face. Did you touch your face? Wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Like, I'm just constantly up his ass. And, you know, poor guy, he's got, like, facial hair and stuff, too. So when he does come, the one time we went to the grocery store together, I freaked the fuck out because he was going like this, like, touching his, trying to move his mask. And I'm like, you can't do that. He goes, but I haven't touched anything with these hands yet. I'm like, I don't care. Don't touch your face. Please don't touch your face. (laughs) And at the moment I go outside, I'm like, because I've like, I've forced myself to go out. Because I was like, if I don't, I will become fucking agoraphobic. Um, (laughs) And like, for sure. Like, I was talking to one of my best friends and she's like, Caitlin, cut out the name. Um, (laughs) She was like, she will be agoraphobic. Like, there's no way around it. And um like, she definitely has OCD, like, very badly, but, like, hasn't come to terms with it or try to deal with it. Because, of course, like, when do boomers ever go into therapy and deal with shit? Um, Amen, sis. And, and I, lo- I love this person that I'm talking about, too. Like, I love this person. She has, like, opened, like, allowed me into her house multiple times with open arms, like, fully invested in, like, my career and stuff. But, like, she's she's going to come out agoraphobic. So, I, I, like, force myself out. But... The moment I'm outside, in my mind, everything's contaminated. Whether I've touched my mask or not, whether I've touched my face or not, like, I always come back in full shower. Like, I wash my hair. I usually have my, like, head in, like, a winter's hat. So, like, all my hair is, like, hidden anyways. But I'm like, nope, something could have crawled through. Um, And I know it's crazy. Um, 
But I would rather be like you and take it, be safe. Take those, those moments and just say, you know what? If I look at every single thing in front of me in person, just imagine it all has dog shit. Dog shit on everything. I forget who told mm-hmm. me this. Someone gave me this idea and I was like, this is brilliant. And look, when you tell your children, oh, it was one of my, it was one of my um, urban fam members, Heather in Washington, has said, um, we tell our kids that everything has dog shit on it and you won't touch anything if it has dog shit. So don't touch anything. And it's brilliant. So yeah, it's very like visceral. Like I can feel it. It's palpable. Yeah. How has your libido been through all this? Has oh, it been incredible. affected? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I crave it more than he does. Uh, definitely. Um, cause I'm bored. Like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Sorry, when I'm bored, I want to fuck. Um, no, it's not the wrong that. We call it bumping uglies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always annoying. I'm like, are we going to bump uglies tonight? Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty strong. I think it, it's not every day, but I would say maybe three, four times a week. Okay. All right. That's good. How about you? It's definitely more. We were definitely at a point where it was like once a week, maybe twice, always on the weekends, um, pre-BC, before Corona. Because um, it was definitely like, I would be, I work earlier, I'd be tired. I'd always be like morning sex. Uh, but oh, I love def- morning sex. Ugh. Morning sex is the best. It really is. It's a great way to start the day. Um, but now it's definitely more. And, like, it doesn't have to be on the weekends and stuff like that. It's definitely, but it definitely also comes in waves. Like, we didn't have sex this weekend, and we usually do. But we had sex twice in, like, 12 hours before the weekend. So, Do you feel, is there any um, spontaneous, uh, do you have any spontaneity that happens throughout the day where you'll just be looking at each other and you're like, oh, my God, I just want to jump your skin? Or is it more of, like, I you look at them and you're like, I can't with you right now um i would say both i would say sometimes i get like really horny where we're like on the couch all day and then sometimes i'm like i'm bloated because we ate too much food and i don't want to do anything but i think like he does mm. being bloated really stops me being like oh i just ate like a lot of shit like will yeah. stop me from sex <laughs> but i i thought it would for me at one point um but i tried to push through <laughs> with an upset stomach it was a terrible idea highly 1010 do not recommend upset stomach sex oh god i wouldn't especially because like if you have crohn's like those stomach aches are like brutal yeah they're really brutal they're really brutal i do miss morning sex though it doesn't happen as often or it doesn't happen at all during quarantine mainly because um my partner gets up really early and i've been sleeping real fucking late like i'm a teenager again you know yeah me too i used to always be that aaron got up way later than me i used to always be up at like eight or nine and now it's like i wake up at like 10 30 or 11 same same yeah yeah i'm i'm grateful for the routines i do have or at least i can't call them routines but activities that i choose to uh participate in daily my friend john does a Pilates class Monday through Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. If you want to join, you should. He's donation-based, but he's just wanting people to move. So if you don't have anything to give, just come and move. And I have to to tell you, I've never done Pilates before quarantine. And now, like, there are obviously days where I wake up and I'm like, 
fuck yeah, I'm going to be chiseled as a motherfucker. And I would just want to throw all these, you know, protein bars at people when we leave and be like, come on, work out, abs, fitness, fitness. And then like last week, I didn't work out at all because I just didn't feel motivated to. But it's little things like that I feel grateful to have where I can go, all right, I need to get out of this funk. I'm just going to do try and work out. Or my best friend Haley started a draw and sip. Uh, so very oh, similar fun. to a paint and sip class. Also something I'd like to have you come to if you if you care to. Um, yeah, totally. She just has people grab crayons, markers, coloring pencils, like whatever the hell you have. We drink alcohol, we smoke weed, we sit on Zoom, and it's like a two and a half hour class most times. She's a great teacher and she teaches you how to draw all of these nature scenes. And for two hours, you get to escape. And I swear to God, Natalie, after every class, I feel like a new woman. It's almost like therapy. And all we're doing is drawing on a piece of fucking paper. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> Coloring has been a new one. Uh, my my sister-in-law and my uh, brother, not brother-in-law, my sister and brother sister-in-law and brother got me a Bill Murray uh, coloring book like years ago, back in like 2014 that I'd never done before. And I just came across it and I was like, yeah, let's fucking, let's color in Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. Groundhog Aww, Day. Love yeah, that it's been movie. like soothing. It's been very soothing. I did it, yeah. I did it yesterday for like two hours, I think. I like did a whole like sheet and I was like, this is great. I forgot about coloring. It's great. I had um, my friend Sean a couple years for my birthday bought me this fuck Trump coloring book and it is brilliant. And there's actually a page in there. It's very th therapeutic to color in it every day. It's um, very complex patterns, but there's one that says Trumpocalypse mm -hmm. and I so badly want to color it and frame it and put it in the apartment. But my partner, well, my partner's very much like, oh, I don't want Trump on the walls. And like, I kind of see what he's saying. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, yeah, it's a piece of art. Let's maybe burn it after we hang it up and then be done with it. I don't know. <laughs> so, so that I wasn't going to get this, make it political, but so how are you feeling right now with Biden as the. <sighs> Your whole body just I, changed. Like, it completely <laughs> just, like, dropped. <laughs> I, first of all, I think uh, the majority of my anxiety comes from something I have very little control in, which is this year's election. And I am terrified of what will happen while trying to remain hopeful to all my friends listening. I swear to God, I'm positive fucking Polly, but let me just be negative for a minute. I am very scared of what's going to happen. I am obviously going to vote for Biden. To me, it's any anybody 2020, like mm -hmm. anybody out of this is going to be better than what we have now. Um, and I was very sad because I was pro Warren and she didn't even really get a chance, which was really sad to me. Um, but our country apparently is still not ready for a female president. They still want an old white man. Mm -hmm. Um and I honestly, I'm a huge Bernie fan, too. It was just for me, this election, Warren was my girl on my ticket. Um, and I was, you know, if it was the other way around, it would have been Bernie. Um, yeah, totally. My biggest concern right now, and I have a lot of friends that are like this, that are the Bernie bros that have already expressed to me that they're not, they don't want to vote for Biden. So they won't vote at all. And here we are right back where we were four years ago with Hillary. And it just stresses me the fuck out, Natalie, because I'm thinking to myself, sure, Biden is old as fuck. He's definitely not the smartest. He's not the most intellectual person or has been during these debates. It's been very stressful watching this man string together just a sentence. So 
to it that that scares me but at the same time I'm like he's still more qualified than what we have in office now so to all of my Bernie bro friends I just plead with you right now if we can all come together and accept maybe four years of Biden I promise you it will be better than another four years of this fuck face I and you know what I will totally admit that because I was a Bernie bro through it and I was like I'm not voting for Biden I'm not voting for this old man another alleged rapist alleged rapist because uh, you can't get sued um, <laughs> but Don't get sued girl I know someone that got sued for saying someone was a rapist and didn't Shit. say alleged you have to say alleged allegedly yeah or you so how be, the fuck how the fuck did ta- oh no Tiger King did get sued never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did Joe, exotic Joe, not get sued for basically calling uh, Carol Baskin a murderer on a show? But uh, he did. He, I, that, I'm pulling shit out of my ass now. Continue. <laughs> oh, my God. That fucking show that was show. exactly what I needed. Oh. But also, it made me, just a quick tangent, it also made me really fucking angry that in at the beginning of a fucking pandemic, the two things that we're talking about is coronavirus and Joe Exotic. Like that fucker does not and he does not deserve that infamy. And yet here he is in jail getting it. But anyway, I digress. No, but you're <laughs> you're so you're so right. I was like, I don't like I don't blame anyone that's gone to it. Like it does like I could totally see from the outside perspective that this looks like a normal safari. You know that man fucked those tigers. You know they fucked those tigers. The bad things have happened to those tigers for sure. <sighs> Especially like, because I wasn't it like they get, um, was it Joe that killed tigers when they got too old or was it the other dude? Both of them both did. did. Yeah, both of them admitted or, you know, admitted on the sly without realizing that they had uh, evidence on them of uh, taking them out back and killing them. But the guy, the other guy, the macho one with all the women, he did it a lot. I think that was his thing where I think Joe Exotic just did it. A handful of times. I don't know. I don't know these people, but they're just like the Kardashians. I'm fucking pissed that I know all of this information about these no fucks. I don't. Ugh. Ah! Oh, I feel the same way. Um, uh, but to go back to Bernie real quick, I originally was like, I can't fucking vote for this guy. I can't do it. But it, you, you let reality set in. Like one of my friends posted on Facebook that was like, I'm giving you 72 hours. So like, I'm giving you 72 hours to be pissed off, and then you just get over it. You have to. That's yeah, right. vote for it. Um, and I'm hoping that like we get our first female vice president, or maybe we get Stacey Abrams. We get our first black female. Vice oh my president. gosh, it would be in so incredible to see who his running mate will be. I'm I'm anticipating that, just anxiously sitting over here wondering who it'll be. I mean, in a very crazy uh, Twilight Zone theory I had before he announced it would be a female, I was like, yo. I'll tell you how to win an election. You get fucking, <laughs> you get Bernie to be your running man. And then you have these two guys, not neck to neck anymore, but now taking out the fucking Cheeto puff. And you have all the Bernie people still voting for Biden because mm-hmm. they're on the same team. Now, obviously that's not going to happen because Biden has made it very clear. He will be choosing a female um, person. So I don't know. It's just, I'm scared. And like, this couldn't come at a worse time. You know what I mean? Like voting, going out to vote and how we're going to be able to vote safely if we're still, you know, under these circumstances. And I don't know. It's, we're living in a, I, it's just bizarre. 
and aliens. There were aliens that appeared, and the world is like, we don't give a fuck. There's too much I other shit about the going. aliens. Yo, there is some fucking. I mean, listen, honestly, they've been talking about UFO sightings for obviously a very <laughs> long time, but they just resurfaced um, some new intel of this inanimate flying object in the sky. At this point, I'm like, I want to believe they're aliens because I'm like, beam me up, Scotty, for the love of God, just beam me up. But it was most likely a drone. Come fight mm. me, anyone. If anyone is listening to this, come, <laughs> come fight me. But I'm just like, I. oh, maybe it couldn't be a drone moving that fast. All I know is aliens tried to show up and the world was just could not be bothered. They're like, we've got other shit going on. We can't be bothered with extraterrestrial touching ground, so... Well, that definitely has to be July, right? Like, we have to have a 4th of July Independence Day where true aliens come down and, like, blast the Empire State Building, right? Like, really what I'm hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I have a question. How, I don't know how you and Shannon met. Oh, my gosh. Uh, We go way back. I, he was my drum teacher. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Uh, He taught me how to play drums. So, I've known, I've known ham for eight years (laughs) wow yeah eight years um but you know i think there was a lot of uh sexual pent-up energy for a very long time and um it was realized not too long ago that we make for a good pair um and it's the rest is history you know what i mean it's just one of those things where he's been my friend for so long and now we're living together and sleeping together and loving each other. So <laughs> I love that. That feels very you too. That feels like, oh yeah, it's my drum teacher of 12 years. Like, <laughs> of course. Like well, that feels he, Yeah, he was unattainable for a very, very long time. And then he wasn't. Um, are you baking anything? Are you a baker right now? Um, I have done box stuff. I have done like boxed funfetti cake and I've done boxed brownies. Uh, I almost messed up the brownies, but <laughs> I I can't, I can't fuck with this. I might do um, chocolate chip cookies from scratch. I've never like done anything baking from scratch, but that's the, that's the closest that I'll get to it. How about you? I'm all of a sudden Betty fucking Crocker over here. I had yeah. no idea that I was meant to be a housewife all along. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I definitely understand my uh, mother and all the females, older females of uh, my family for just being these homemakers. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just starting to realize I am very much one myself when I don't have a job or anything to do. All I want to do is cook um, and bake. And it's I've just been eating a fuck ton and smoking a lot of weed and... Yeah, I think that's the comforting thing is eating and smoking and sometimes smoking and then eating and then doing it all at the same time. It just makes mm-hmm. me feel better. <laughs> I'm glad that like people have, I feel like a lot of people have like kind of um, been less afraid to be like, oh, I love this food and it gives me joy. So I'm eating this now. Hell like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely still like some fat phobic shit out there being like, I'm going to gain so much weight. And it's like, yeah, maybe you fucking should. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, this- just be a jigglypuff. We are all going to walk out of here. People are calling it the COVID-19 or the, what, what, you remember it was freshman, fi- freshman 15 or oh, what was yeah. that called? I don't yeah, know. freshman all, 15. 
Yeah. So this is the COVID COVID 19 pounds. We're all going to walk out of here 19 pounds heavier. And you know what? It's fine. As long as we don't end up like those fuckers on Wally, where we're all just like glued to some chair that just pivots us around, hoverboards us everywhere. And the second we're pushed out of the chair, we can't move because we don't have the same bones in our body because we're so fat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Or is yeah, this a stoner yeah. thing? Okay. No, I no, realize that I'm like, I remember ta- that. I'm talking about it. I'm like, wow, you sound really stoned and you're not yet. I, um, I always laugh when Wally comes up because I, when I saw it in theaters, I hated it. I mean, I still do really? hate it. Oh. Yeah, but Aaron, it's like his favorite. It's his favorite Disney movie, and I'm just like, no, like it's The Lion King or Bust is like the best <laughs> Disney movie ever. Like it's fucking Hamlet. You can't, you can't do better than Shakespeare. Well, you can't do better than Shakespeare. But I was like, no, 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 no. no and people so now would agree I've with never you. given it like a second chance. But I remember it. I remember like that whole like everyone's like glued and like won't move and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. We watched it the other night. I'm a huge Disney Plus fan. Um, if you, if I don't know if you have it, but if you do their little, um, vintage Disney movies that are like six minutes long are scary as shit. Oh my really? God. Like yeah. we do have it. Uh, why, why are they scary? I'm trying to remember it. It was, um, about like the God, Oh, the goddess of spring. And it's this gorgeous animated blonde woman. And it was the first time Disney had ever worked with animation like this and what inspired them to make Snow White. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, a, a maybe it's not even six minutes. Maybe it's only like three to five. All I know, it's super short and super fucking scary because she's like, you know, this goddess blonde woman just like dancing and singing to the birds. And then she touches a well and then she ends up with the devil and it was oh my pretty. God. It was pretty fucking dark. I was like, "Okay, Walt." Damn, I have to look this up. I um, I'm such a creature of habit, and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. And I'm trying to like get out of that. But, like where I have like I have my shows that I always watch over and over again. Yeah, like, Gil- like, I, like I used to be a running joke. Like Gil- I finally stopped watching Gilmore Girls like 24 seven. But I've seen <laughs> it. Like I've seen Gilmore oh, Girls a like, million times. Yeah, like it's disgusting Same. how much I've seen it. Um, so when Disney Plus came out, I went straight to Lizzie McGuire and I've just oh my like, rewatched Lizzie McGuire over and over again. And it's like I got to. I have to get out of this. I have to like explore. What is in Disney Plus? I have no clue. I have these like mini episodes or mini movies. Yeah, watch the mini movies. You have to go to Pixar, watch the Pixar shorts. Those are genuinely two minutes long. They're beautiful. They make you fucking cry. And every time you're just like, what the hell? Why am I so emotional? They're so fucking good. I have to go watch those again. I have to say, though, watching Lizzie McGuire as an adult made me really sad that it didn't hold up because I love adult Hillary Duff now. Like, Mm -hmm. I follow her on Instagram. She's this gorgeous mama, like, rocking her new life. But I watched Lizzie McGuire. I'm like, girl, you can't act for shit. (laughs) I mean, it's not. It's definitely not good writing. It definitely doesn't hold up like I thought that it did. But you know what does hold up? What? Xenon Girl, the 21st century. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart I go I have boom, never boom. seen it. It's one of the Disney originals I've never seen. Yeah. And I used to be obsessed with the Disney originals. <laughs> okay. You can't hear me, but I am literally guffawing. So, like, <laughs> I, okay. All right. Okay. Watch it, but promise me one thing. Okay. Only watch the first one. Fuck the sequel and the third. <laughs> It's like you will genuinely hate all of it if you continue to watch the trilogy. Just watch the first one. It's like so 90s 
such classic lines of uh, uh, Raven is in it, Raven Simone. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really good. But there's this whole um, uh, like supernova band and they have this song called Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. So there was this funny, now that we're all using Zoom video to do all of our conference calls, all the 90s babies were like, Zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom. My supernova oh my God. Anyway, catch me outside. That's what I said, all right? Um, I have to watch this now. I have to watch the Cheetah Girls again. I was obsessed. <sighs> I wasn't into Cheetah Girls. It's pretty bummer. Although, um, <laughs> uh, what's her name? Adrian. The girl, yeah, Adrian. I forget her last name. She was always hot to me. I don't know that, why. That She ended up being in... Not 311. It was like a number. Oh, yeah, 3LW. Group. 3LW. There it is. And that was her. That's Adrian, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about 3LW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had some bangers. Bum, had some- bum, bum, bum. What was mm-hmm. that one? Baby, I'm a do right. Oh, do right. Fuck yeah. 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 Um, I don't know why this reminds me of this, but one thing that was like, Everyone's got their, like, oh, I was supposed to be doing this. I was supposed to be doing that. But then the pandemic pandemic hit. Um, we were, like, we were, like, in the, not in the midst of, but, like, talks of, like, going to, our, like, our first sex party. <gasps> like, I was, like, yeah. I was, like, oh. let's go. Let's go search. Like, let's go find one. Um, and then. That would be so fun. When is that ever going to be okay? <laughs> I mean, really, though. It's so true. It's, like, it's such a bizarre thing to even this concept, Natalie, of we used to go into a Sephora and freely touch makeup with our fingers and then put it on our face. That's mm-hmm. something we're not going to ever look at as normal anymore to walk into a makeup store and try on all of this makeup that has just been sitting out in the open for all of these public hands to touch before yours. It. Someone wrote this the other day and I squealed. I was like, how did we ever find that to be normal? Or maybe there were a select few who were like, bitches, we knew that wasn't normal. We were looking at you funny with your fucking pink eye, okay? I, I will say, because I, even though I have OCD, I'm a very disgusting person. Like, eat stuff off the floor. Didn't always wash my hands. Because I'd be like, yeah, you're, like, building up your natural biomes. Like, my Why not? Yeah. Um, I do think that... In two years, we will be back to like with like handshaking and hugging and like Sephora makeup. I think we'll be back to that normal because I also because, of course, I've read way too many articles. I read this other article that was like that was it was again by scientists and they were like um, they're like in, in movies when something when a virus mutates, it gets stronger. Um, but in reality, when a virus mutates, it actually normally gets weaker. And ultimately, th- that's what happened with the Spanish flu. Um, I need to double check this uh, via it, the internet. But, like, ultimately, that's what ha- happened with the Spanish flu. It, like, just slowly mutated into basically a strain of the flu that we see now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think because I don't know if we should be putting all our eggs in one basket for a vaccine, because like if we haven't found a vaccine for, say, HIV, why are we going to be able to find one for this coronavirus? Um, so it is. Not, inter- yeah, it is interesting to think that way. I didn't I haven't thought about it like that. And again, I want to refine this article because sometimes I feel like I, I skim and like I see what I want to see. But I thought that was very interesting because that is true. Like anytime, like contagion, it just gets worse when it's like 
they're, they're like, no, 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 that's just that's just Hollywood talking. Um, no, so this I shit hope is real. Yeah, I yeah. do. Like, if we got back to crowded places after the Spanish flu, that's what gives me hope that we'll get back to crowded places uh, with this. And like swine flu, swine flu was the kind of the same thing. It kind of just disappeared. Right. And, and the SARS. Yeah. Remember mm-hmm. SARS? Yeah. I mean, look, we've all, I think this is nothing new. It's just history repeating itself. I think it's just new for certain generations. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel even more complex because we also live in a tech generation mm-hmm. where everything is powered by a computer and we have every source of information at the palm of our hands just to click away. We can learn something, discover something. Um, so I really hope people take advantage of that as well and stop put, keeping their heads in their asses and wake up. And if you have the privilege, check it at the fucking door, please. Now is the time to realize we are not living in a normal environment. Things are really fucking crazy. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Millions of people are now on unemployment. We need to come together and just do our best. And it's, it's hard. I feel for our country to do that because we run on freedom and having, you know, the freedom to do whatever we want, make the decisions, save even free speech to be able to say what we want. That, uh, I saw this in a meme and it's fucking brilliant. The the United States of America is a third world country wearing a Gucci belt. Yeah. I saw that one. It's so like that resonated again. I'm, finding memes on the internet and going, yes, preach, this is life. But it's so true how I'm, I'm looking at all these other countries, the ones who were hit before us. Like I have a friend who lives in Spain watching her journey of, you know, having a government mandated, you know, town, it shut everything down the entire country. They weren't allowed to leave. They were only allowed to leave one person from a household at a time. You had to have papers to even show proof of residence where you're going And it slowed the virus down, but, like, that is what their country had to do to make it happen. Mm -hmm. We will never have that here in America because we were built, we were built differently. So people now have this mindset of, well, you can't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. We need to write to our governors to liberate. The fact that there are still governors out there asking for liberation is what is scary to me because I'm going, okay, you heard about what happened, uh, the woman in Las Vegas? Oh, the, ma- the fucking the, mayor. The mayor of Las Vegas. I'm like, this is, why? how are we in the fucking Twilight Zone? Like, what the hell? Does she realize that every hotel, every casino is air conditioned? That even if you want to ha- make your town the control group, you still have people coming in and out of there that aren't Las Vegas residents. So then they're carrying it back. It's just all ass backwards to me. And I'm just going, okay, another month inside my apartment with my weed and my movies. Let's go. Yeah, and it's been like a little uh, aggravating to, I mean, a lot aggravating to that the, I, and I'm not sure if this is like what's really going to happen, but I feel like, I feel like Cuomo is going to keep us in our houses if there's outbreaks outside the state as well, which I think is the smart thing to do, but then it just makes it, it makes it harder. This is like a very immensely taxing toll for people. And I don't like when people go outside and I, and I post about why I'm mad about it. I, I understand that people like need sunlight and need to go outside. Like Aaron just went out for a run and he wore a mask because I've seen a lot of fucking assholes not wear masks. Mm -hmm. Um, You like, that's important. And I'm glad that you have a fire escape that you can go on, but with these fucking, it's mostly Republican governors that are reopening and shit like yeah. that. Like, I think 
the longer it goes out through the country, the longer New York will be right here in right. our houses. Right. I genuinely, my theory is when the second wave hits, it's going to be uh, as bad as it was for places like New York, Seattle, and Los Angeles. Now it's mm-hmm. going to be all of middle America affected by that because mm-hmm. they're seeing very few numbers of positive cases. Yet when that second wave hits, it's like, all right, Karen, you wanted to go get your hair done so bad in Georgia. And now the toll, the death toll rose, went to what, like a thousand in a day or something Mm -hmm. like that, or a thousand people. And whatever it is, I just hope people understand like the longer, the more this is prolonged, the longer we have to stay indoors. So Mm -hmm. please, please, please just keep it to the bare minimum if you have to go outside. Yeah. And like, it's like you said, it's like, no, a lot of people have not been personally affected by it yet. And I don't know where all my like podcast listeners are. I know I have some in different states and whatnot, but um, we had, and I bet it was worse for you, but in Brooklyn, we had about two weeks where it was like 24 seven ambulance sirens. Oh yes. You couldn't get away from it. And, and it's horrifying. You're just so scared of like, who's in that ambulance how close is it is it in the building who are they gonna are they gonna make it yeah helicopters the helicopter oh the choppers scared me because it was it was right at seven o'clock every night the first two weeks you just heard them circling the neighborhood oh my god ambulances going by i mean and for new york we're it's normal to hear sirens maybe one or two every day sometimes more if you're outside all the time yeah but this is this is n- obscure. I think this is more sirens, more helicopters. It's just a lot more than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, the positive note about that, though, man, Mother Earth right now, she is so grateful for getting cleaned up. Like, I I went up to my roof the other night, and for the first time, I could see the skyline so clearly. There was no pollution. Oh, wow. It was stunning, Natalie, just how clear the sky is. That has been really cool to see that, like, that is a plus. So, like, maybe we can stop the some of the progression of, like, what we've done for global warming so far. For that, sure. That is really cool. Like, do I want thousands of people to die? No. I think it's up to, like, 64,000 in, in America right now. Like, no, I don't want that at all. But at least there's this silver lining of that. Like, yeah, like, the Earth and Mother Nature get to, like, literally breathe again for a second. Absolutely. I think it's so important for all of us to, you know, if we have to be negative, feel it. I, I, my biggest thing right now is if you're sad and depressed, feel it out now so you don't have to deal with it later. Go mm-hmm. through the, you know, gamut of emotions, feel everything, and just know that it will be okay because we have no other choice but to believe that. Um, and that's a reminder to myself sometimes of, you know, as pessimist, pessimistic as I can be about the future, I just have to remember, we have to get out of this. There's no other way. Um, so we just have to be mindful and smart about it and deal with our depression now because it's going to suck a year from now. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a really good way, really good place to end it and really good place to thing to talk about of like deal with it now. Just deal with it. It sucks, but we've got all this time. There's a lot of uh, free resources now for therapy. Like, deal Mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. Bless. Um, Guys, thank you again 
for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you next week. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. Stay safe. Stay inside as much as you can. I truly, truly love you guys. And I will, you will hear my voice in a week. Um, again, follow uh, Twitter or Instagram. I'm more so, on, I'm really bad at Twitter, to be honest. I'm more constantly on Instagram. I'm actually on Instagram so fucking much right now that I have been blocked twice. Uh, or actions blocked by Instagram because they think I'm a spam bot and I'm not. I'm just on my fucking uh, account so much. So like I right now I can't like or follow anyone on Aqua Sex and City until May seventh, and it's the I think it's the fifth. No, it's the fourth. Uh, and then my personal account I can't like or follow anyone until Friday. But it's just, it's like the, I, I find this so weird. It's like the weirdest punishment in the world because I can still post my stories. I can still post pictures. I can DM people. I just can't like, like, I, okay, cool, Instagram, cool. Let me get my numbers up on Instagram so I look even more legit, okay? Let me live my life during quarantine, Instagram. Um, that was just my own personal rant. But I love you guys and I will talk to you. I always say see. I will talk to you next week. Love you.